You're listening to the RV Fireside Chat Podcast with your hosts, Mark and Trisha Leach. Brought to you by E3 Camping, the ultimate destination for the RV community. Coming to you from somewhere different every day with the latest in RVing news, fun, and facts. Head over to E3Camping.com to discover more. And now, here's your hosts, Mark and Trisha. So I take this long drive, I get into Southern Utah, you know, planning on this trip, really excited about it, get into campground, you know, throw the jacks down, you know, get the uh, the RV ready and disconnect the, the Jeep. We are down the tires and we want to head out on a trail. It's a trail we've been on a ton of times in Southern Utah. Absolutely love it. And we get, uh, get on the trail, excited, we get halfway up and what do we see? concrete barriers and a chain fence now that's really disappointing especially you know when you can't find these things first of all the fences don't even show up on most of the maps and stuff out there we'll talk a little bit about that today but uh, nothing more frustrating than to get to some of these beautiful places even near zion and things where we were and and all of a sudden one of our ferry trails is is locked up so you know that's what we're going to talk about today. Hey, everybody. Uh, Brian Johnson here that's uh, sitting in today. And we got a very special guest on with us. And we're going to talk about some of these topics that uh, I just brought up. And we have the executive director with us from Tread Lightly. His name's Matt Caldwell. And hey, Matt, appreciate you being here. Thanks for, for being on today. Uh, Brian, thanks so much for uh, having me on. Really appreciate uh, you taking the time to talk. Yeah, definitely. And, and I want to make sure everybody knows that, you know, your organization has been around a long time and we've been following you guys. You know, we, we even talk about the terms you guys use in our training. We share with everybody. We're always talking about, you know, how important that an organization like tread lightly is. And we make it part of our, our everyday conversations, you know, and we, we are always making it conscious for all of our members, what you guys are about and pack in what you pack out and being responsible. And that's part of what all our E3 organizations are all about you know, empowerment, education, entertainment, but where we consider ourselves stewards of the industry, just like you guys do. And, you know, we definitely appreciate everything you're doing and stuff, but I'm really looking forward to talking about some of the stuff that's going on in, in the industries and some of the things we can do together. And then at the end of this, really excited for, for all of our members to be able to, to hear what you guys are doing for our members too. So excited about that. But talk, Matt, give me a little bit of background. What's going on in the industry right now? It's like, it gets frustrating right now when you get into some of the situations that we've gotten into lately and we're hearing from our members that, you know, it's just tough. When we talked to, you know, our, our local uh, BOM manager there, he was like, hey, sorry, we just, we don't have the staff and there's just trash everywhere and people are disrespecting the land and there's nothing we can do about it. We just don't have the resources. Um, what's what's kind of the state of the union out there right now when it comes to this? Yeah, I mean, you, you hit it exactly. Um, I really think there's two things that are impacting uh, what we're seeing right now. Uh, obviously, the world flipped uh, upside down in 2020. And what that did was it forced a lot of people's outdoor to recreate, which is great. Um, but that puts a lot of stress on uh, all of those public lands that we like to use and recreate on uh, as well. Uh, but it also introduced a lot of people uh, you know, to that that didn't have that philosophy that you referenced at the beginning that you guys talk about so much with E3, um, you know, whether that's tread lightly, pack it in, pack it out, 
all of those things that have become really important to us having uh, a sustainability in what we do from a recreational standpoint. Um, so th all of these new users, uh, them not being educated on, on what that's, uh, what that looks like to be responsible when we're out there um, has really put a lot of stress uh, really on all the public lands uh, all over the U.S. And, you know, at some point, whether it's BLM, it's National Forestry Service, uh, whatever the agency happens to be, um, at some point it gets to a level where they can't facilitate and continue to maintain uh, the trails, whether that's cleanup, whether that's uh, just, you know, the abuse the trails have taken from aggressive riding, whatever that might be, um, and be able to, to keep those trails safe. So uh, to use your example, that's when we pull up to a trail and all of a sudden we find a chain across it and, and it's been closed. And, you know, really for us, um, our goal is to do everything possible to keep trails open and accessible uh, for all of us to enjoy, no matter what kind of uh, outdoor recreation you're you're uh doing but it's really uh really become a challenge with all of the uh, the increase in new users that we've seen in the last year for sure yeah you know you just said something really important that uh you know i i think that we we don't see enough and that's you know with covid I've a lot more people out in the trails and out in the campgrounds and stuff now than we've ever had before i know for a fact just because we we just see you know RV sales are through the roof. We see so many new rigs and stuff that are out there off-road and stuff. And I think one of the problems is too, based on what you just said, is these are a lot of new people and they might not have been out there as much as we, we have been and around and, and understand how important it is to respect our lands. And, you know, now it becomes even more of a, a burden and responsibility for all of us where we've got two things we're going to do, try to help, you know, keep up behind all these folks who just haven't been out there enough and just don't know yet and don't understand the, the negative impact they're making. But at the same time, it's like, how do we educate them more? Because we've got so many more people that are out here now that, that don't understand it the way that we do. It, it's almost like we got to do double duty to, to try to help educate them at the same time. You know, that's a, it's a big deal. Uh, fully. Yeah. Fully agree with you and, and really well said on your part. And we're working on a couple different things uh, to hopefully facilitate uh, some of the educational um, processes that can help with that. Uh, we're working on some things where we can work with uh, local outfitters. So if it's somebody that's you know maybe just going in and renting a Jeep uh, or renting a UTV or a camper to go out on the trails, um, you know we're trying to make sure that they've got the appropriate information they need to educate uh, that consumer that's coming in. Uh, we're also trying to work with a lot of the manufacturers, uh, whether that's, you know, RV, campers, um, uh, UTV, ATV, single track, whatever it might be, um, providing them with con uh, content and information that they can also use uh, to educate their consumers as they come in and, and make that sale. And then, you know, the other piece is our tread trainer program um, and, you know, the tread principles getting everybody where they understand those and uh, where they're comfortable to, you know, maybe have to step in and say, Hey, you know, may maybe you're not aware of this, but you know, we need to make sure we're staying on the trail or we need to make sure that we're packing in what, uh, packing out what we pack in. And um, you know, it's really incumbent on all of us to take part of that responsibility um, and make things better. Uh, a phrase that we've been using a lot lately is when we lose trails, we all lose. 
Um, and I think really we're, we're at a really big place to see that uh, play out if we don't act. Yeah, definitely. And I know you got a ton of education there, but you bring up a good point. Like what's the best way nowadays addressing this with somebody you see out in the trails? I mean, I, I don't, I get this question all the time. I'm not sure exactly what to say to them. I mean, I don't want to tell them to go confront somebody in the wrong way or, you know, these are new people that, you know, might not have the same education we do. and might be offended that you're in their face or something, or, I mean, there's gotta be a, a best practices way to help, you know, get the word out. I mean, how, what do you guys teach when it comes to that? I think the thing that we teach the most when it comes to that is, you know, really start by engaging the person. You know, a lot of times um, that's the best way and engage them in a way, just like ask questions, maybe ask something about their rig, ask something, how long they've been doing it, you know, build a little bit of a rapport, first of all, um, and then kind of shift to the, hey, you know, did you know, you know, whatever the situation might be? And uh, sure, is does it always go uh, perfectly? And the person's like, "Oh, you're absolutely right. I'm going to change what I'm doing." Uh, no, but that really is is the best way that we see um, to kind of start that process. Get to know the person a little bit, um, understand what they're trying to uh, to do. And uh, again, that's an easy way to figure out: is this something that's new to them, and they maybe just don't know? Um, you know, and then kind of engage them and say, "Hey, you know." this trail use is as important to me as it is to you. You know, it's really important that we do our part um, to make sure we have the opportunities to uh, have all this fun uh, that this offers. So um, I really think that's kind of the best way to start that process. Yeah. And one thing I like to do, try to do my little part is like, well, we're heading off the trail and I see people either on bikes or they're hiking or even other people coming up the trail. If we happen to stop or pull over and, Hey, how you doing? You need anything? You need any water or anything? But I always try to say, Hey, I'm heading off the trail. You guys have any trash or anything you need me to take out so you don't have to carry it or I can take it out for you. And it's my little way of at least saying, Hey, here's a hint. Make sure you're not leaving your trash out here. But at the same time, it's creating that little bit of a relationship to get people to think about it. You know? Absolutely. Love that idea. I know when we go, uh, my wife and I go out and ride quite a bit. Um, you know, we usually take a handful of uh, tread lightly bags with us. And if we get the opportunity, it's like, hey, maybe you don't have a bag. Here you go. Um, you know, check out tread lightly while you, um, once you get back home. So great suggestion. Love it. Yeah. So I know tread lightly, is it coming up on 30 years or are you just past 30 years? I mean, you get been around a long time, right? Yeah, we just celebrated 30 years in October of uh, 2020. Um, and, uh, we had some, had some big plans to, uh, you know, do that anniversary announcement, obviously, uh, 2020 changed some of those a little bit, but, uh, yeah, big honor to have been around for 30 years for sure. And are you, are you guys just the country or you're worldwide or where's your locations? Um, so we are a national nonprofit, um, heavily working here in the U S. Um, but we do have reach. Uh, outside of the U.S., um, we've actually got some license, licensing agreements in place and that we're currently working on um, in the U.K., Australia, New Zealand, uh, et cetera. So we do have reach uh, outside of the U.S. as well. Okay, so you guys are pretty busy. I know you're just at King of Hammers. And um, like, what are some of the stuff you guys do when you get to these events and stuff? So, uh, you know, King of the Hammers is... Um, is a is a great event the 
I heard several people reference it while we were there um, as the burning man of off-road, which um, if you've never been, that kind of paints a picture of what it is. Um, but for us, it's a really great opportunity uh, to interact with the community, um, you know, a chance to, to do some outreach, uh, talk about our membership. We provide a lot of uh, materials that people can take with them that have the tread principles on them. But the other piece is it's a really good opportunity for us to lead by example when it comes to stewardship projects. So uh, one of our main roles on site is to support uh, King of the Hammers by doing cleanups every day at two of the main spectator locations. Uh, one of those is Backdoor and then the other one is Chocolate Thunder. And uh, you know it's an opportunity for us to get out, make sure that those areas stay clean um, during the event um, so that people can enjoy the event. And then also, you know, the, the event organization has to do a lot of remediation after the event um, in order to get their permits. Um, but the work that we do during the event obviously helps them on the back end of what they have to do to uh, get their final sign off from uh, BLM once the event comes to an end. So how much trash you guys take out of King of Hammers? That must have been huge. Um, so we did uh, just over a ton and a half of trash. Uh, most of that was aluminum cans, which don't weigh a lot. So um, that's quite a few bags um, and quite a few trips to the uh, dumpster to make sure that they were in the appropriate place. That's crazy. Definitely. So I know that, uh, you know, in E3, we have everything from camping to fishing to firearms to off-road. I know we talk a lot about off-road and kicking hammers and stuff, but I know you guys have a lot of stuff from, you know, not only the winter stuff to camping and hiking to shooting. Like, what are the differences in, in those areas? Like, are there differences that you train people or different content or how do you do, handle those different verticals? Yeah, I think for, uh, you know, for us, our main focus obviously is on motorized recreation. Um, and, you know, a lot of the things that you just mentioned, you know, hunting, fishing, camping, um, hiking, those still require in most cases some type of, of uh, motorized vehicle to get where you want to get to. Um, no different than if somebody's out, you know, riding the trail in an Overland vehicle or a UTV or a Jeep. Um, you know, everybody's using the same trail to get to a, a location so that they can do the recreational activity that they want. Um, so for us, you know, talking to that whole audience is, is important. And, you know, the principles uh, that the track principles that exist um, and that have kind of been the heart of what we do for years, those really apply no matter, you know, what the person's doing. Um, you know, the other piece for us is uh, a lot of our relationships, um, you know, are with the uh, agency partners on the government side. And uh, we get pulled into different things, whether that's, you know, in Arizona, we do work with uh, Fish and Game a lot. Um, we've got ties back to the shooting sports world. Um, some of our cleanups are shooting sports related, um, say down in Arizona, where uh, that's pretty popular. Um, so, you know, really what we're trying to do from a stewardship standpoint uh, stretches across all of those verticals um, because we all need the trails to get to uh, the location to accomplish what we're trying to do. Right. Now, you just mentioned talking to like some of these agencies and things like that. I mean, do you get do you get inside information for them or how often you can you talk to them? How do you guys get the State of the Union and things? 
So, I mean, we're, we have program managers that deal with, um, you know, all of those agency partners on a fairly regular basis. Um, you know, like I said, we have national reach, but, you know, most of the public land is, you know, west of Denver. Um, so, you know, that's some where we have a lot of uh, constant interaction with those agencies. And, you know, a lot of times it's us coming to them um, with ideas. We might have an industry partner that wants to do some educational opportunities or wants to do a stewardship project. You know, in other cases, they're coming to us and saying, hey, this, this trail, uh, let's say it had avalanche uh, damage from last year. We'd love to reopen it. You know, is that something that you guys can take on? Uh, and uh, maybe grab an industry partner and figure out how to make that happen, pull in the volunteers and make that possible. So um, we work with those agencies regularly um, and on a pretty constant basis um, to support them and needs that they might have, uh, but also bring opportunities that we might have secured from somewhere else and, and just make the lands better uh, in their particular area. So, so did you do any lobbying? Great question. Um, we are one of the organizations that does not do any lobbying. Um, and there's a couple of reasons for that. We were originally started uh, as an outbreak of the forestry service. Um, we actually operated under the forestry service for five years before we became a nonprofit. Um, but we really feel that the relationships with um, those agency partners are very important to the work that we do um, and all of those things that I just mentioned, whether that's work that they need done or opportunities that we have uh, to do work for them. And uh, doing lobbying kind of would separate that, uh, us from the, being able to do that. Uh, there are a lot of great organizations out there uh, that do lobbying um, and we have relationships with them and work with them as well. Um, but uh, because of our relationships uh, with those government agencies, uh, we have to steer clear of the, uh, the lobbying aspect. You're listening to the RV Fireside Chat Podcast with your hosts, Mark and Tricia Leach. Great, great. Uh, so, you know, when I looked at uh, some of the education and things like that, one of the things I loved to see was the like the cartoon for kids. I mean, I think, cause I, I truly believe when it comes to some of these issues, unfortunately, it, it sometimes takes a generation to, to try to fix some of these things or get people educated in things. And, you know, at E3 Firearms, you know, I know that NRA had a, a really great safety video for kids. And we used to really try to get our members to get our kids and grandkids and whatever we could in there to try to, you know, start with the generation. And I mean, tell me a little bit about that the video you guys have for the children and how, how can we get that in the hands for, for people to share with their families? So we have a lot of really great information um, for kids. If you go on our website under uh, the educational tab, um, we have a campaigns tab and it's called TL Kids. Um, there's a bunch of different resources on there, uh, different curriculum. Um, you also can apply to get preparedness packs uh, coloring books, um, you know, some of our most popular things when we're at events and we're interacting with people at events. Um, I, I had two little girls at King of the Hammers that came up and I had them in the trailer. I hadn't pulled them out yet. And these little girls said, we were here last year. Do you have the coloring books again? 
Um, so, you know, that's pretty cool. It obviously had an impact on them, <laughs> something that they enjoyed. So, yeah, I mean, uh, easiest thing is to go to that tab on the website, uh, look at the resources that exist there. And, uh, you know, we're happy to support, um, you know, whether it's a school program, um, we do a lot of work with uh, Boy Scouts as well. Um, but, you know, the positive with all of our stuff uh, that's been created uh, is it has the approval of, you know, all the government agencies uh, on the content. So, um, you know, we've done a lot of the heavy lifting on that work and making sure all of it's approved. And uh, we love people to, uh, you know, be able to go on there and, and gain access to that material. Yeah, it's all really well done for sure. You're just talking about the government agencies and approvals. So do you guys get any funding from them or where, where does most of the revenue come from? Yeah, really great question. So um, our revenue is kind of split uh, in three different parts. Um, one, one of our main pieces is grants um, that come from those government agencies. And, um, you know, those vary in size and scope um, and, you know, the uh, length of time that they exist, but um, we work heavily with those grants. And like I said, we have those uh, project managers that manage those. Um, we also have memberships um, that support, you know, what we're doing. Um, and, you know, there's different levels of memberships and different membership benefits that come from that. Uh, and then we also have industry partners uh, that we work with. Um, and those industry partners, um, they're all really valuable to us. We have partners that are, you know, small business and outfitters uh, that come on board with us. And, you know, we have large, you know, international corporations that are on board with us, but all three of those pieces are really important to, uh, to us and what we do and, and being able to accomplish our mission. Right. And then there's all the content you guys have. What are some of the, the best programs you think you have from a content or educational standpoint? Because I know there's so much on your sites, but what are the, what are the favorites of, of everybody? I think, you know, especially because we're, we're, we're talking about all of these new users, I think the, you know, kind of that introductory 101 course uh, that's on our online courses um, is a really good course. And I think a lot of times people are like, uh, is this going to train me how to drive off road? Um, no, it's, it's not going to train you how to drive off road, but hopefully it's going to teach you how to be responsible on the trails. Um, you know, there's good information on there about, um, you know, if, if you're on a hill and somebody's coming towards you, you know, who has right away. Uh, if you come up on like say horses on the trail and you're on motorized equipment, um, you know, how do you proceed through that? It's some good, really kind of basic information for people that are are kind of just breaking into uh, outdoor motorized recreation. So we're kind of as as entry level as that, all the way to our tread trainer and master tread trainer program, uh, which are really a more in depth dive into you know off road ethics and what that looks like to um, help with conservation of the land and. How do we make sure we're staying on the trail? We're not causing trail braiding, um, you know, all of those type things. We're not damaging habitat. That is really the main focus of the tread trainer program. The master tread trainer program is the really final level of that. And it is a train the trainer program uh, that allows people to learn how to uh, do the tread trainer program themselves. Maybe they, uh, 
have a bunch of clubs in their area and they want to be able to go, uh, you know, teach this uh, off-road ethics type uh, training uh, by completing the master tread trainer program. Um, they get the tools and uh, information and resources needed to make that possible. Yeah. It's a ton of stuff on there. What, I mean, what, are, what else do members get? So if members came there and wanted to get involved more, what else do they get as a membership? So with membership, um, we have a lot of uh, discounts that we offer um, from our uh, industry partners. Uh, some of the main ones on there are like uh, BF Goodrich Tires. Uh, we have uh, member benefits for Jeep, uh, Deep Sleep Jeep, uh, which is kind of new uh, and an interesting partner for us. Uh, they just came on about a month ago. Um, we make sure they get a t-shirt so they're branded uh, and you know get their decal, which everybody loves. Um, but all that information about those memberships and the different level of memberships uh, also can be found on the website. Um, they get access, you know, obviously to that uh, the training stuff that's on the website as well. Um, you know, really it's it's a way for people to jump in and, and help us support our mission. Um, you know, even if maybe they don't have uh, a specific trail in their area that needs help. Um, you know, that funding goes to trails all over the place. And, you know, we've got a lot of people that um, some of them stay right in their area, but there's a lot of people that travel a lot of distance to get to a trail. And, you know, again, back to your example, um, we're trying to prevent that. You've traveled from a distance, you come to a location and you're really excited about going on a, uh, on a ride somewhere and uh, you hit that gate and uh, that opportunity spoiled for you. So um, we really have members that are all over the country um, and, you know, are committed to the mission of, of what we're trying to accomplish to keep trails open. And, um, you know, I, I really appreciate all of our members, um, you know, no matter where they are uh, in the U S. So is there, is there anything published that, is out there that we know like what's closed or what closed recently, or is there anything do you know of? Um, so you can find some of that information, um, whether it's on the, uh, the forestry page or the BLM page. Um, so I'll, I'll give you an example. We, uh, we have a partner that wants to do uh, some stewardship work in uh, the Carolinas. And uh, I've been on those pages heavily uh, recently. Um, and, you know, they're pretty up to date of the trails uh, that are open uh, or not open. And uh, usually even those, there's pretty good information there. Maybe it's a seasonal closure, um, you know, due to uh, moisture and especially in the Carolinas where you have a lot of the clay, uh, which can take a pretty big beating if there's too much moisture and, and you're riding on it. So, um, you know, one really the best resources for that are, uh, you know, the local either forest uh, or BLM page uh, to see where, what the situation is on specific trails on those public lands. Okay, great. I'll have to check that out more for sure. And I know for our members, you guys did something really special, which we definitely appreciate. And I know that uh, it's in all our E3 members sites and, and their, their discount in the partners area. And that's a, uh, a pretty big discount. And I think the, the codes like they can select E3 and uh, club TL19, right? How, how do they go about doing that? Even though we'll have all the directions and instructions in their site, but how, how do they go about doing that? Yeah, absolutely. And, and we're, you know, we're excited to offer that to uh, all of uh, your E3 members. So 
you know, if you go to treadlightly.org, up in the top right-hand corner, there's a link that says become a member. Uh, you just click on that and uh, it offers you the information on the individual memberships right there in the top um, and kind of gives you some info of what that includes. But if you click on become a member today um, and start that membership process, um, in that it asks if you have a discount code um, for your membership and you'll select yes in that and a drop-down box appears and uh, E3 is in that list and uh, they can select E3 uh, and it asks for a code and you hit it, the code is club TL19 and that will provide them with a 50% discount on either our $50 membership or our $100 membership. So it will knock those down to uh, $25 or $50 respectively. And that's, I mean, even the full price is worth all the content in there. I went through a bunch of it and it's been great. So we definitely appreciate that. I mean, you guys must have a lot coming up in uh, 2021 huh? with uh, everybody trying to get back out as COVID lifts and uh, everybody's trying to get more campers and more off-roading in. What do you guys got going on this year? So uh, we actually just had our uh, meeting with our team yesterday and uh, we we reviewed our strategic plan, honestly, for uh, this year, but also for the next three years. And uh, we're really hoping to knock out 15 uh, stewardship projects this year. So that would be uh, either cleanup or trail restoration project. Uh, we have probably half of those identified right now. Um, and then, you know, the plan is right now to be physically at, I would say, 20 to 25 events. Uh, we're also making a really concerted effort to uh, stretch a little bit eastward uh, again because of all the public lands, you know, being heavily in the west, you know, we've kind of heard from a lot of people of like, hey, you know, I I've heard of Tread Lightly, but I don't see them that much or, or understand what they do. Um, so we're really making an effort. Uh, to stretch eastward. Um, one of the events that we're going to be at here in the not too distant future uh, is in Florida. It's the uh, Jeeping with Judd event. Um, so we'll be uh, have a presence there. Um, we've got a couple events that uh, we're talking with people in Pennsylvania about. I referenced that stewardship project that we're going to be doing in the Carolinas, um, which we're very excited about. But um, plenty of events uh, going um, and plenty of stewardship. Obviously, uh, I'm sure you guys are experiencing it as well. A little bit challenging uh, with some of the restrictions and, and some of the changes that happen on kind of a daily basis, but um, we're working through that. We're excited about that. The other uh, large event that we're excited about um, is coming to uh, Salt Lake the end of June, and that's the Outdoor Adventure Expo. And uh, you know, Brian, similar to you guys, I think that event's going to be a really great cross-section uh, of all the parts of E3 uh, that you guys have from, you know, camping, off-roading, hiking, uh, fishing. It's it's going to be a little bit of uh, touching all of the outdoor recreation segments. So we're, we're really excited about that as well. Yeah. How, how do you guys figure out, like, what, if, not events, but like the uh, restoration projects? I mean, how do you figure out what you're going to do and how does it come to you where you, you get the notifications from members or how do you figure those out? 
Yeah, uh, great question. We we get those from a couple different ways. Uh, we'll get outreach from uh, the government agencies uh, that may need specific support. We have, in addition to our individual memberships uh, that we just talked about, we do have club memberships as well. Um, so we have clubs from all over the country uh, that have club memberships with us. And um, a lot of times they'll reach out to us uh, as well. We have a partner, um, like I said, we're getting ready to make an announcement with here in the not too distant future. And part of their program is going to be, uh, they're gonna identify a couple locations that they want to do stewardship projects on, but then that will also be opened up to any member club uh, of Tread Lightly to submit a request for uh, a grant for a restoration project on their local trails. So um, we get a lot of requests uh, from a lot of different people uh, of all, a lot of different ways. And uh, we do our best to uh, try to look at all those and uh, you know have the best impact in that area that we can. You know, in some cases we get requests and that even helps us go chase a specific industry partner in that area. Um, and, you know, and figure out the funding to uh, how we make that happen. Um, sometimes we're on site and we're on the ground. Uh, other times we're just providing the support and resources uh, that are needed. Um, but, you know, any stewardship project uh, that we can help uh, facilitate, uh, we do everything possible to uh, try to make it happen. That's great. Yeah, we're looking forward to our followers hearing more. And I know we got a bunch of stuff coming up with you guys that uh, we share with our members. And wh what would you say some of the biggest questions I didn't ask you that uh, that I should have that you get during the year? Well, I think, you know, the one thing that's really interesting, and we kind of kept track of it last week at King of the Hammers, is um, we one of the first questions we asked was, have you heard of Tread Lightly before? And, you know, most people have, but a lot of people don't know um, that we're an organization and they don't know that the, the work that we're doing. Um, so I'd really encourage people to go check out the website. Um, we've added a new piece under our About Us tab that's called TL Impact. Um, and that's something that we're gonna do going forward, but it shows uh, kind of those metrics that people can get their heads wrapped around a little bit uh, of what we're doing. Um, you know, whether that's number of people that have taken our courses, um, it's the amount of projects we've done, the amount of volunteers that have been involved in that, you know, the number of members we have. Um, we've got some infographics on there that kind of share that information um, and kind of tell, you know, just a little bit more about what we're doing. But um, we want to make sure that we're getting that message out and communicating with everybody. So, you know, when people get involved and, and, and they're a member, we want them to know the impact that not just Tread Lightly is having, but they're having by being, uh, you know, a member of Tread Lightly. So um, really encourage everybody to go check that information out uh, on the website. And we continue to do that on a quarterly basis and keep those updated. Okay, great. And I know we're putting out in emails and in our member sites and things, your, your links, but I mean, it's the URL is treadlightly.org, right? That's correct. Yeah. Treadlightly.org. Okay. Well, Matt, I definitely appreciate you uh, getting on. I know this is a, a big issue that we all need to get together on and try to get ahead of the curve, but uh, uh, I know our members are going to get some more stuff from you guys and we're working with you guys to bring some more content and thanks to our members. So I appreciate everything you guys are doing and, and, and thanks for being on today. Anything you want to close with? 
No, I just thanks, Brian, so much uh, for you uh, giving us the opportunity to uh, share a little bit about who we are and, and what we're doing. And yeah, I mean, you're spot on. Um, we, we all need to to jump in, do our part to make sure that, uh, you know, our trails are open and accessible, not just for us to enjoy right now, but, you know, for uh, our kids and their kids to enjoy for a lot of years to come. And, um, you know, I, I've lived quite a few places in the, in the U S and, um, you know, it doesn't matter where it is, the opportunity to get on the, on the trails and, uh, get out and see, uh, everything that's out there to offer. Um, it's something that we really shouldn't take for granted and, and make sure that we're doing our part to, uh, continue to have that there for many years to come. Absolutely. Definitely needed. All right, Matt, I appreciate it. And uh, I will talk to you soon and looking forward to our members getting some more from you guys. Take care. All right. Thanks. Appreciate it. Head over to www.e3camping.com to join the fun. You've been listening to the RV Fireside Chat Podcast with E3 Camping Association with Mark and Tricia, the next generation in RVing memberships. 